this is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 192 Inch. On this episode, we present the sixth chapter of our Weird the Al Yankovic Story story series. This chapter concludes the chronicle of our time on the set of Weird the Al Yankovic Story in February 2022. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Well, Ethan, we did it. You know, and there are more than one huge milestones that we need to celebrate this episode. Yes, this episode marks our final chapter in our Weird the Al Yankovic Story Stories. And that's right. We set our time because this episode will take you through the last moments of our time on the set of Weird the Al Yankovic Story. But do not worry. That's not the end of the series. We'll be back with future chapters featuring a special guest who has multiple cameos in the film. And you know what else, Ethan? This episode marks our 16-foot episode. Ever since we launched Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast... Our goal has always been to reach exactly 166 feet, 8 inches worth of episodes. In fact, that's why we chose to include 2,000 inch so prominently in our podcast title, as it's just a little bit more concise. Wind up your podcasts! Only 150 feet, 8 inches to go! You know, it seems so attainable when you put it that way. All right, Ethan, you just got back from a fun-filled, packed, Weird Al-related weekend in Los Angeles. I cannot wait to hear all about it. Oh, Dave, I cannot wait to tell you all about it on a future episode. No, 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 no. You know I can't wait that long. And future episode, what does that mean? That could be any time from next Wednesday through August 29th, 2057. Can, can I at least have a preview? Well, I'll just say... I visited Linwood, I went to the Hollywood Star, and I got to see Weird Al himself at a fantastic charity event that featured a screening of Weird the Al Yankovic Story, as well as a Q&A with Weird Al and another star from the film. Alright, that'll hold me over until at least August 29th, 2057. I cannot wait to hear more on another episode, but we've got a new chapter to premiere, and, well, we've got a few exciting things to cover in What's Happening in Weird Al-Related News. Alright, Ethan, I think you should have stayed in California just a little bit longer, because in just three short days on Saturday, April 29th, Weird Al will be the special guest at Orange Film Fest 2023. What? Oh, I'm so bummed to be missing it! It's going to be pretty sinking majestic, I have to assume, because Al will be in attendance for a Q&A session, but no word on if they're actually showing Weird the Al Yankovic story. Well, Orange Film Fest 2023 will be held at the Frida Cinema in Santa Ana, California, and tickets are on sale right now over at orangefilmfest.com. Rumor has it Weird Al will be appearing at the Roku New Front 2023 presentation in person on May 2nd in New York City. Now, could Weird Al be further promoting Weird the Al Yankovic story ahead of Emmy season? Or perhaps is there a new project he's going to announce? Or will we finally see the Yankovic cut? Well, hopefully we will know soon. Now, Weird Al makes a brief cameo in the brand new trailer for the Muppets Mayhem TV show. Hey, Dave, wasn't this one of the panels you attended last year at New York Comic Con? 
Yes, it was. Now, there was no mention of Al or any other potential cameos at the panel, but I stand by what I said at the time. The show looks awesome. And I said that even before I knew Weird Al was involved. I pretty much love everything the Muppets do, so I'm even more excited now to check this out. The first episode of The Muppets Mayhem is scheduled to drop on May 10th on Disney+. Plus. I cannot wait to check it out. Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the book, is available now at cbbworld.com, Amazon, and anywhere else books are sold. And not only did Weird Al post a photo of himself with his early copy of the book, he is one of the many stars who contributed to the book's many, many forwards. Oh, and hey, did you hear? Weird Al recently appeared on an NPR podcast, and I bet you cannot guess which one. Wait, wait, don't tell me. I'll give you a hint. It's their weekly news radio panel show. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Al appears during the Not My Job segment and talks about accordions, bathrooms, and getting turned down by Prince. Wait, wait, don't tell me. If you want to check it out, the episode aired on April 22nd and is available anywhere you get your Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me episodes. Oh, Dave, I told you not to tell me. I wanted to guess. Well, the long-awaited second album by Napoleon the 14th is finally available for a pre-order. As mentioned in our interview with the late Jerry Samuels, a.k.a. Napoleon the 14th, which aired on episode 173-inch of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, his unreleased second album, For God's Sake, Stop the Feces, was recorded throughout the late 1960s and remained as lost media until now. Available for the first time ever on Needlejuice Records, the album will be released on CD, cassette, and two different colored vinyl variations and is available to listen to right now on their YouTube page. This new album also contains liner notes written by Dr. Demento and Weird Al Yankovic, as well as song commentary notes written by Jerry Samuels. Now, in addition to this new album, Needlejuice Records is also releasing a reissue of Napoleon XIV's first album, They're Coming to Take Me Away, haha, as well as reissues of collections of music by Tom Lehrer. So demented music and Weird Al collectors, you better place your pre-orders now. Head over to NeedleJuiceRecords.com. The albums are expected to ship in July of 2023. And it looks like the paparazzi have been working overtime. Oh yes, Daniel Radcliffe was recently spotted walking on the streets of New York City with his long-term partner and their brand new baby! Daniel is, of course, best known for his BAFTA award-winning portrayal of Weird Al Yankovic in the 2022 biopic Weird the Al Yankovic Story, as well as portraying the title character Harry Potter in some other little-known film franchise. Daniel's publicist confirmed the news, but for those who are curious, the couple has not announced the sex, name, or date of birth of the baby as of yet. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, huge congratulations to Daniel Radcliffe, Aaron Dark, and their family. And for what it's worth, we think Alfred David Ethan Frank Superfly Radcliffe is a lovely baby name. Wink, wink. This episode is brought to you in part by the vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York. Home of the two-pound, double-wrapped in a quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit BurritoSquared.com and WizardBurger.com. 
DaveAndEthan.com to order ahead. Well, Dave, here we go. It's time for the final Dave and Ethan chapter in our Weird the Al Yankovic Story story series as we conclude our day on set of Weird the Al Yankovic Story. So after the scene, we go back out to our holding area. And while we're gone, they, they bring a couple people in and not everyone. It's more the people in the back of the bar. Yeah, they came out and they basically said, all right, everyone who was at the back of the bar, why don't you come in? We have to shoot a little scene. And um, at that point, you know, I saw them kind of, I was, I think I maybe went to get a bathroom break or I went to uh, Crafty to get something. And I saw them, you know, unloading ice cream, you know, carts, you know, like little ice cream push carts. I'm like, oh, I wonder if we're actually going to really get ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> or mashed potatoes. <laughs> or mashed potatoes, right? You know, we you know they use mashed potatoes as stage ice cream. <laughs> and so while we were out here waiting, so she brought those people in. But then she also came to us and a couple other people by name, like, Dave Rossi, Ethan Allman, um, you guys are now Group C. And right. <laughs> after we're done filming um, the rest with the band, there's going to be a separate scene that you guys are going to be in. We're like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> like, great. Yeah, we'll so. do everything we can. <laughs> so, you know, while this is all happening, um, eventually those people who were called in came back. And it seemed like it kind of took a long time for what we thought was going to be kind of a short scene of them shooting, like, you know, talking at the bar and screaming it's ice cream time and that kind of stuff. So we're surprised when it took as long as it did. And uh, one of the guys um, that we had actually mentioned earlier, like he looked like the bikerliest biker. Oh, yeah. You know, like this guy was like <laughs> hardcore, perfect biker. He came over and uh, we just kind of struck up a conversation. We're asking him what was going on in there, what was taking so long. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, well, you know, they were shooting a scene where um, the woman runs in and she says, hey, there's ice cream outside. And, you know, they just needed a couple of you know, the extras that were in the back to kind of uh, be there sitting at the bar and just kind of be, you know, surrounding her. While yeah. She, yeah, yeah. Surrounding her while they do this. And she says, you know, we're kind of sitting at the edge of the bar and something happened, something you know, hit one of the kegs behind the bar and it's just shot beer all over oh. everything, including the camera back there. Like, like this $40,000 yeah. camera is just <laughs> covered in beer and everyone's freaking out, and, you know, as they should be because yeah, they're trying to save you know, the camera. They're trying to clean trying up to save the, bar. the camera, yeah. trying to save it. Yeah. So he's like, it took him a while to clean up, you know, all that mess that they made and, and, you know, so that was, you know, pretty exciting for that group, you know, to get to see something like that happen. Probably not as exciting for, you know, everybody working on the film. Right, and, right. And the especially producers. the camera yeah. crew. And, oh, geez. Oh, boy. So <laughs> imagine that. You wow. know, so I guess they're still in there setting up before we were to go in for our, you know, the final right. um, thing we're supposed to shoot um, before our the yes. quote unquote final scene. And so we're still talking to the guy. And I just like. He overwhelmingly looked like a biker. So it's like, are you by chance an actual biker? Because you look so much like a biker. It's so convincing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this guy, he's like, I don't really know how to answer that. You know, basically his backstory is he used to be a biker. But then, you know, he got into some kind of situations where he didn't feel comfortable being a biker anymore. And, you know, he and ended up leaving, you know, the biker well, he told you know, this, community. Yeah, this one crazy yeah. story where these two bikers were like fighting over a loaded shotgun and I know like oh, scary. <laughs> he was like, 
he was the only one smart enough to like get behind the engine in the truck because if they shot yeah. at the engine, it's not going to go through the way that it it would like just a window or something. So right. he's like after that, he saw like how you know some of these guys just were not super careful and and it right. was just like not safe. So he he got out of, yeah. the, of being a biker. He's like, I'm not going to risk my life for you know idiots you know like this. Yeah. You know, basically. <laughs> so you know. He got. I say he still rides every once in a while, but he's not like you know hardcore into biker. So we're like, well, you know, he he then volunteered that you know this was the first movie he's done since you know the whole COVID outbreak. So we asked him, well, what? Why did you decide to do this movie? You know, out of everything, he said, oh, I think this is a movie my daughter's going to go see. I like to be in movies that my daughter is going to go see. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was really sweet. I feel like he said she was in her like early to late twenties, and yeah. I think he said she was in the Air Force too, and right, yeah, um, she, yeah. So he's like, yeah, a Weird Al movie. She's gonna go see that. So before right, yeah. see her dad in there. Cool. Um, and then- yeah, so he the way he was, yeah, the way he was talking, he sort of like was saying that you know he doesn't really he does sort of this extra work as sort of part time. So we sort of asked him, well, you know, what is your you know your main source of income then, you know, if you're just kind of doing this part time. And that's when he volunteered this great thing. He says, Oh, I play Santa Claus. Yeah. And you know, as soon as he said they were like, that's perfect. Yeah. Here's this guy. He's got this, this Santa belly. He's got this long beard, this long hair. He looks like Santa yeah. Claus. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. So he-, and he was telling us these, yeah, he's telling us these stories about, you know, how, you know, he always gets audition. He always goes on auditions for Santa Claus. And he was telling us, you know, if you get a really good, you know, uh, role as Santa Claus, like, you know, in a national commercial or something, it could pay, you know, $40,000. And we're like, whoa, you know, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, maybe I should think of a career change here, <laughs> grow my beard out a little bit, you know, gain some weight and, you know, go into business as Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Was- he was such a nice guy to talk to. Yeah. He was so friendly. And I, I like everybody we talked to, he was just such a great guy to, to talk to. And I was glad I got to hear a little bit about his life story. So it was starting to become time where we we're going to go back in and we're kind of like, everyone's kind of getting antsy and, um, out on the street next to our holding area, we heard like some kind of scuffle going on and our buddy Thomas and the other, um, stunt person, they were fighting like movie fighting, not really fighting. fighting. Yeah. yeah they yeah. were like <laughs> practice, like, Oh, I'll do a punch here. And then you duck and the stunt coordinators. They're kind of like telling them what they should be doing, uh, for the right. brawl. So that was really cool to watch two like really incredible stuntmen doing this fight. It looked so real. Yeah, we got to watch them rehearse it. That was really cool. You know, they got to, yeah, we got to watch that for a little while. And so that's when, uh, after that, uh, they brought in the Group B. And if you remember, Group B was when we were at the front of the audience. But then if you also remember, they just made us Group C. So we're Group (laughs) B and Group C. (laughs) And we're purple. Like, we don't know what's going on. We're (laughs) purple. But uh, so we go in. And this time, um, instead of the camera being behind the audience, the camera's in the audience. So yeah, it's on this giant crane, like right in the middle of where everyone would be standing. And you know, they're like, "Don't touch the camera! Don't touch the crane!" You know? Yeah, they're like, "You're gonna get crushed if you get in the way of the the, the machinery here." So just be really careful, right? Yeah, so basically the way they describe the scene to us is that you know they're going to shoot the same scene that we just shot, except for that you know 
you know, the camera is obviously going to be taking up a large chunk of the audience. It's going to be swinging back and forth. So, you know, you do not want to get hit with it. Essentially, the camera was going to be a member of the audience. So it was going to be going side to side. So some of it would be like behind our heads. Some of it would be where we're standing. And it kind of just like this really cool uh, shot for I Love Rocky Road. So, of course, you know, we're not we're directed that we can't look at this camera. We should be focusing at the band that's up on stage. You know, Daniel and his band up or Weird Al and his band up on stage. And we should be focusing on that. So since we can't be looking at the camera, they had these people strategically placed around in the audience that were members of you know the crew who were ducking behind people and they would tap us on either our left side or our right side and that was our cue to tell us to either move to the left or move to the right so we would not get hit by this camera yeah and so i am you know like i said i'm right in the middle i'm just to the right side of the mic stand so that was where the split was, was between me and the guy to my left who was wearing the red and black checkered um, mm-hmm. flannel. So the camera would be right in between us and I would feel like a tap on my uh, my back and then I would have to like move over and like push Dave and Dave would have to push all the people <laughs> behind him. We'd have to move yeah. over as the camera like slowly went over. But then as the camera went back, we had to then fill in so it right. would get the back of our heads. Like It was this really interesting like choreographed yeah not not a dance but it kind of felt like a dance because it was like we'd just be standing there rocking out but then as we're rocking out we had to like you know move over and move forward right. and, and um it was it was really cool and definitely after a couple times it became a lot easier they didn't really have to tap us as much yeah. because we knew you know the choreography of it right and we, we, meanwhile, we're reacting to the band being up on the stage, the same directions we got before, you know, the beginning, you know, we're sort of, you know, not into it. Then we start getting into it. So at the end, you're not only we're being pushed told to be, you know, tapped on the back, be moved to the left or the right. We're also, you know, fist pumping and everything. So it's a lot of coordination going yeah. on at this point. <laughs> and I'm holding the beer. Uh, there's right. so much to go. <laughs> no, it was really, it was cool. It was just, it was a lot of fun. And and uh, they would give you like a little tap, but if the camera was getting really close, they would like really start tapping and hitting yeah. you hard. <laughs> but no accidents. Nobody. I didn't get hit. No. I don't think you got hit, Dave. Nobody nope. tripped, or it uh, it worked out well. Yep. I guess the other thing, the other thing with that scene, those you know, a minor inconvenience was uh, where we. I was standing, you know. Uh, there was nobody off to my side. There was somebody behind me. And of course, Ethan was off to my left, you know, but on my right, there was a pole like where the, you know, one of the, a pole that would be, you know, holding a support beam, you know, a support beam. Yeah. For, for, you know, the bar. And then there was the steps going up on the stage. So I did not have a lot of room to maneuver yeah. as if I had to go to the right. I had to be like aware of my feet as well, because I didn't want to trip over the stairs or yeah. run into the pole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. It was like probably the most advanced thing we had to do. And it was <laughs> Absolutely. <fun. laughs> so once they, they finished that scene, that was uh, it for us. But if you remember, they told us, you know, group C would then have yeah. to stick around and record, um, you know, that fight scene out front. Right. So we go outside and, you know, uh, we're waiting for them to call Group C, and all of a sudden, somebody came out. I think it might have been JoJo said, "All right, you guys are done." And we're so and we're confused because like, we're like, "Wait, you just told us 
before this that we, we were specifically by name supposed to be doing this other thing. <laughs> There's a bit of confusion, but I guess eventually we figured out as we went, I, I figured it out when we went uh, to the front of the building and we got to see them actually shooting the scene, you know, that Thomas and his stunt buddy double had just rehearsed. Yeah. yeah so. so essentially that was the establishing shot of like, you know, before they show anything with the Cobra Pit, it's like the, you see the sign, it says Cobra Pit. You see the motorcycles out front and you just see like, you know, how rough of a bar it is, like people cheering right. on a fist fight. Um, so it was a right. pretty brief scene. And I don't know that we missed that much, but I still would have loved to have been in it. I would have loved to be in it, but I guess it was more important for us to be inside, you know, since we were the featured extras up at the front of the stage. <laughs> And, you know, what else, else is interesting is that, you know, those ice cream carts that I saw, I don't know where they went. We never got to see them again. So I don't know. And I never saw I, them. I don't know what happened yeah. to those ice cream carts. <laughs> they were there. Trust me. I just don't know if they they may be in the movie. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it wasn't I, even a movie thing. Maybe there was just like an actual ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those little ice cream carts, like those little push carts that, you know, you see, you know, in the park, you know, if someone's selling ice yeah. cream out of it. Huh. That's all it was. It was. There's two of them. And they were were taking them off of of a truck when I was hmm. you know heading out over to Crafty or the bathroom wherever I was going at that point. Oh, that's and crazy. I never saw them again. <laughs> well, so at this point we're like, all right, well I guess we're done. So we had to return. Um, I had to return the necklace that I gave the guy. I had to give, uh, of course, give back the uh, the cup of beer one last time. <laughs> <laughs> had to give back my my rings and all that stuff, you know. Uh, and, you know, we were kind of like trying to stay back so we could sort of watch as much of this, you know, fight scene as we can. We could kind of still soak in as much as we can. And we really we wanted to grab a picture with Eric because earlier at lunch we we're like, oh, it'd be great to get a picture with you. So the, the plan was like after the shoot, we'd grab a, a picture with him to hold on to for <laughs> 10 months or whatever. <laughs> you know, of course, we can't post it, but we just thought it'd be really cool to finally get a picture with Eric since we've. You know, he's he's the director and he's done all this great stuff. And we know at some point we're going to be interviewing him. So it'd be great to have, you know, a picture uh, for Frank to post on the social media. Right. And also the fact that, you know, uh, we think we would be fine if Eric is the one who says it's OK to take a picture with him because we're still we're under this this thing where we're not really allowed to take out our cell phones or, or anything like that. And we don't know how, you know, we don't want to risk anything or get in trouble for that. So but if it's coming from the director... That's, you know, pretty much a, a good sign that we're okay, you know. Well, so at that point, um, you know, they're kind of ushering us and there's vans and we're, we're sort of like trying to take our time because, yeah, we want to see the, the establishing shot get, get finished filmed and we're hoping that we get to see Eric. Um, they start ushering people onto these people movers and so we're, yeah, we're kind of staying in the back. <laughs> <laughs> not not anxious to get on, you know, immediately. We're still trying to soak in as much as we can. Still trying to hold back for that last hope that we get to see Eric. And it wasn't actually Eric who we got to see at that point. We got a really special surprise because Weird Al himself came over <laughs> and tried to get on one of the people movers. <laughs> yeah, so as he's walking over, we're like, hey, Al. And he's, oh, hey, guys. And so Al walks over and, you know, we make a little small talk with him. We're thanking him again for having us. He thanks us yeah. for being there. And and uh, it's just so embarrassing. So Al goes, you know, Ethan, I was watching you guys on the monitor and uh, I thought out of all the people here, you should know the lyrics to I Love Rocky Road. 
<laughs> so this is the story. This is this is what happened. So I remember, you know, when they read this part of the script, they said that the audience was supposed to be, you know, singing along and all that stuff. But I didn't recall or I didn't hear anyone give the direction that when we're actually filming to be singing along. So I sort of half sang along to kind of cover both bases <laughs> just in case. <laughs> but believe you, but believe you me, I know all the lyrics to I Love Rocky Road. That was actually the first song I ever memorized all the lyrics to as a kid. So <laughs> of all the songs, I know the lyrics. I hear those ice cream yeah. bells and start to drool. Keep a couple chords in my locker at school. Okay, I, I can do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ethan, the way Ethan reacted, he was like, well, you know, I kind of didn't want to ruin anything by singing along. And Al was like, well, that was the joke. You're supposed to sing along. <laughs> right, and meanwhile, you know, I don't know where, where the miscommunication happened there on Ethan's side, but I clearly remember I clearly remember at the script read early in the morning, you know, they told us we'd be singing along. And then I clearly remember Eric, you know, when he first was giving us directions, he's like, Yeah, yeah, after the fist pumps, you know, at that point you guys are singing along. So, you know, I was singing along the whole time. So <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know how it's gonna play out in the movie once we see it, but yeah, it was uh I guess we should be singing along at that point, according to everything that I heard and according to what Al said at that point. Well, I wish I wish they would have said something, Al. Al, if you're listening, I wish you would have said, uh, have, uh, have the extra up front wearing the I Love Lucy pin to please mouth along the lyrics. And I absolutely would have. Uh, uh, but maybe it's funny that you know, one of the biggest Weird Al fans doesn't know the lyrics. Um, (laughs) uh, If if that is my destiny, that's my destiny, whatever. (laughs) You know, Ethan, there's a lot going on. You know, it's it's understandable (laughs) that, you know. You may have missed that. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Al takes off and it was really good to see him. And, you know, there's a a group of a couple other extras who were were there. And uh, yeah, let let me uh, say something about Weird Al, which which was I found interesting, and you noted this too at the time. You know, you know, Weird Al, he's leaving. He's carrying a whole bunch of stuff with him. One of the things that he's carrying along with him is this like picture disc of Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought it was like I mean, we didn't ask Al about it, but you know, the assumption is that well, Michael McKeon, he's a big star of Spinal Tap. Maybe Al was bringing that along to, you know, get an autograph from Michael McKeon or something. Or maybe Michael McKeon brought it along and gave it to him as yeah. a thank you or something. So I'd love to hear the story behind why uh, Weird Al was holding a spinal tap. It looks like a 45 picture disc or something. Picture disc of some sort, yeah. Yeah, so it was cool. And I, I, yeah, I wish we had more time with Al to, to grab a picture with him and to ask him about that, but... Um, it was still really cool to to get to see Al and have him complain about my <laughs> extra this. <laughs> Another funny thing that happened uh, with Al is, you know, Al's comes up and, you know, rather than making 
at this point, you know, they're loading up the people movers and they just filled up a people mover and, you know, Al comes running over, you know, and rather than having Al wait for the next people mover, which is probably the one we would have been on, is that they asked one of the extras, somebody they just loaded on, they said, okay, can you please get off so that we can (laughs) shuttle Al back to base camp? So (laughs) this poor extra lost their seat to Weird Al. Yes. And there was one point where they did have, this is maybe, I don't know if it's before or after Al, but they had just one seat left and uh, they were trying to get us to go on and we didn't want to go anywhere. But, and we also didn't want to split up because Dave and Ethan, are, right. you know, we're, we're a duo. We have to be together. Sure. <laughs> Plus we're riding we- together and everything. So um, they ended up getting someone else and, and we got out of it, but we were definitely, our time was running very low of getting to stick around. Like, <laughs> there was only like a couple people left and I, right. I think they started commenting to us like, wait, do you guys actually know Al? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there was I think there was like three other guys that were hanging out with us at that point, you know, and and, you know, they were like we started talking a little bit about Weird Al. And one of the uh, extras, his name is Ari. He actually mentioned that he had worked with Weird Al at one point on Gallivant. Yes. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. That was really cool. He's like, yeah, I, I didn't want to say anything to Al. I figured he wouldn't remember me. But he's like, yeah, we, I worked on the pilot of Gallivant with Al. And uh, he was telling us about it. It seemed really cool. And, and he had nothing yeah. but awesome stuff to say about Al, of course. Yeah, absolutely. So we're getting down to it. We're getting down to it. You know, we hear them kind of, you know, on the radio. Okay, another people movers on the way. You know, we're like, ah, oh, we really would love to get to see Eric. And fortunately, we see Eric walking down the street towards us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we, we got to see Eric. We, we thanked him and, and uh, you know, we were just gushing and, and thanking him. And yeah. um, we're like, we'd love to get a picture. He's like, of course, of course. So uh, we go to pose with him and the other like couple bikers who were there all jump into the shot with us. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, Eric was like, he's like, hey, guys, I, you know, I don't want to seem like a. What did he say? He's like, I don't- well, 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 Eric, took, he took the picture. He took the So, yeah. So Eric took the picture with, you know, all the bikers, including us with him. And then he's like, hey, guys, you know, uh, do you mind? I just would like to get a picture with these two guys, you know, yeah. <laughs> as, as well. But the funny thing is that is that I think that they took they well, they took the somebody took the picture with your camera. But I don't think we ever got like contact information for these other bikers. No. So we don't even it's, know how to send it. It's the all just on my camera. Eric. Yeah. And we can't really post it until the, the film comes out. So yeah, I've got, you know, a picture of us with the bikers and Eric. And then I have the picture of just you and I, and of course we put Eric right. in the middle and we did our podcast hand signals. Oh, of course we had to. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool uh, getting to see Eric. Eric actually had a, a spinal tap record as well. Ah, Okay. So cool. <laughs> I think it, it looked like it was a different one. And again, we didn't really get to talk yeah, about it have, too much, yeah. but um, right. it was still really cool to get to see Eric. And and I think the, the biker guys at that point were like, wait, how do you know the director too? <laughs> 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 uh, so we, we started to explain the podcast and we handed out um, some cards. So hopefully those guys are listening and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk to some of them and hopefully we can get them yeah. the picture with Eric at some point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at this point, you know, we a, a people mover did roll up. We did finally get onto the people. We headed back to base camp and, you know, people are going back to base camp. You know, we still know we have a little bit of of activity that has to go on at base camp. You know, we're I'm still wearing that that uh, black T-shirt that 
I got from costume and they're holding on to my paperwork. So if I don't turn in this black t-shirt, not only are they going to hunt me down and try to find me, but <laughs> I'm not going to get paid. <laughs> you know, so uh, we, we get back. I know uh, you had to return your vest that you borrowed. I had to return the, <laughs> the, I had to return the black shirt. The funny thing is they're like, okay, they go to get, they asked for the black shirt back. And meanwhile, remember earlier in the day, I had put all my other clothing that I wasn't wearing in my car, in the, in the back, in the trunk of the car, because I didn't want to carry that around all day. I'm like, I can give you this shirt, but then I have nothing to wear. Right. You know, and <laughs> I'm like, I said, I said, I promise I'll be back, but can I run to my car and get a change of clothes? And they were like, oh, sure. Yeah, no problem. Don't worry about it. Well, also, we're also <laughs> kind of thinking, like, do they really want this, like, ratty, crappy shirt back? Like, just let Dave right. wear it home. And, and that's when um, they're like, well, actually, we would, but these are all rentals and there's special barcodes sewn into them. And if we don't return it to the company, they're going to charge us like five times the cost of it or something. Um, yeah. Because I had a bunch of, I had like my extra black shirts. I'm like, we'll just give you one of mine um, just, you know, just to make this easier. And they're like, no, we, we can't do that. Right. Yeah. That was interesting is that, you know, everything. I mean, I don't, I didn't mention this earlier, but even the rings that I were wear, was wearing, when I took them off inside, there was like a little sticker that had like a number on it. Oh, so even the rings were inventoried, you know, it did, you know, a little sticker on the inside of the ring. So the, the shirt was definitely, when I took it off, I was like, I got to find this barcode. There was a barcode on it. I hadn't seen it before. <laughs> so yeah, we, we got the, everything returned. We finished filling out the paperwork uh, they gave us the receipt, which is like the pink colored page that ripped right. it off, and <laughs> we were done. Yeah, we were heading back to the car, you know, to, and, and wrapping up and really excited about everything. And I don't know if it was you or me, but some one of us caught out of the coronavirus, like, wait a minute, is that the actor who plays Jim? You know? And we're like, oh, yeah, it is. So we, we ran over, you know, not being creepy or anything, but we ran over and we were told, him, hey, are you Jim? You know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he was he like, wearing a mask, but ass, we like, could tell based on the hair. And I was like, yeah. you know, hey, and I kind of, just, we're just kind of explained like, you know, hey, you know, uh, we're two of Al's biggest fans. We actually know the real Jim. Uh, we have a podcast. <laughs> Jim wrote and recorded our theme song. Like, <laughs> right. And, and uh, so we asked him, like, do you. Um, did you get to meet Jim? And he said he hadn't yet, but he was really looking forward yeah. to meeting him. That's interesting. Yeah. I was a little surprised. I guess I, he didn't bother, you know, connecting, or maybe he did try, you know, connecting with Jim to get a little pointers on, hey, you know, is there a certain <laughs> way you hold the guitar or anything? <laughs> maybe it's not as important. Also, to be fair, Jim has, um, you know, earlier part of this year has been on tour with the International Guitar uh, tour, so he there may not have been an opportunity to get together. Yeah, um, but it was really cool to meet him, and we got a picture with him. And um, we did actually, while we're waiting for the costumes to go, we did see Al hop in his car and leave. And so I was like, I really want to put stickers for Al to see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we weren't sure. I mean, it wasn't the parking lot was not the same one that Al had posted on his Instagram, even so. I wasn't really sure, but uh, and it didn't seem like there was like numbered or assigned spots. So we no. just went over to about where Al had parked, and there was <laughs> like a um, like a streetlight uh, or a lamppost or whatever. And yeah. so 
I put a uh, We Hate Frank sticker and then a, uh, one of the other <laughs> stickers of Dave and I just on the lamppost. Uh, so who knows if they're even using that base camp again? Who knows if Al ever yeah. saw it? Um, but I think outside of Al or Eric, I don't think anyone would know what the heck that means. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's a nice Easter egg, you know. At some point, you know, the way the same way that, you know, people go out and they try to find all the filming locations for the movie UHF. I know I've done that. I've gone to a lot of visited a lot of places where they shot, you know, pivotal scenes and important scenes in UHF. I feel like that, you know, because this is the LA area that we may have some people trying to find where they shot, you know, certain things. So, you know, maybe at some point somebody will find the base camp and they will find our <laughs> sticker <laughs> and let us know if it's still there. Or maybe like immediately the next day someone found them and, and ripped them off. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so dave what is the one thing we always ask anyone who comes to the podcast who worked on like a music video or uhf or any kind of film thing with al we always because we are collectors ourselves we always ask them if they had the opportunity to take any souvenirs home from that day <laughs> or any souvenirs off of the set all right <laughs> so Ethan, i gotta ask you right <laughs> Now that now that we are, you know, featured extras in Weird the Al Yankovic story, Ethan Ullman, did you have the opportunity to take any souvenirs home from that day? <laughs> well, there was one thing that I took home and this was when I went to put my beer back on that number 27 spot, I saw this little cup full of pieces of bread and I assumed that <laughs> they were throwing pieces of bread, throwing popcorn. Um, I took one of the little pieces of bread. <laughs> you know I, I i no doubt that you know that the, the, the bread was somewhere in the movie i'm sure we'll see it when we watch back the movie but while we were in the scene where they were throwing popcorn at us i did not see any bread being thrown at all so i don't know <laughs> well i didn't want to like take something that was like important you know <laughs> like i figured they're gonna throw the bread out you know <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you. So, so yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the, the bread isn't going to survive. They're not. They probably don't have little barcodes on the pieces of <laughs> right. bread. So, I took the bread, Dave. Was there anything that you kept as a souvenir? There was actually uh, during the very first scene that. Uh, they were throwing popcorn and it was going over our head. There were a couple pieces of popcorn that landed up on stage. As we were leaving, I grabbed two pieces of popcorn. <laughs> Ethan, I was thinking of you at the time. I was thinking I was just would grab one and I said, I bet Ethan will want a piece of popcorn too. So I grabbed two pieces of popcorn and I have one piece of popcorn with me and then I have another piece of popcorn which I gave to you and you kept with your bread. Yep. And I and I will point out the the bread was a sizable piece of bread. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's maybe the size of a crouton. Um and I offered to split that bread with you Dave and you d were not interested in the bread. You were happy with your corn. I was very happy with my popcorn because I know for a fact, because my piece of popcorn was on the stage, that it is a screen used piece of popcorn. <laughs> it was actually shows up somewhere in the movie. I bet if I took it out and went frame by frame and took my piece of popcorn and held it up next to this, the TV, I could find my exact piece of popcorn somewhere in this movie. <laughs> 
So that was my reasoning behind taking the popcorn. I also did not want you, the bread was cut like into squares or rectangles, and I did not want you to to ruin the integrity of your piece of bread thank by you. by destroying it, by cutting it in half or anything like that. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> so so I, I'm happy with, with, you, uh, with you having the piece of bread and me having the piece of popcorn. Now, as an aside story here, I got to tell you something. So... I mentioned, of course, that, you know, I borrowed these, these leather vests, you know, from, you know, my sister who then borrowed, who borrowed it from one of her biker friends. Well, you know, the other day I went to go return the vest back to my sister so she could give it to her, her friend, you know, and thank him for letting me use it in the movie. And I said, I better just, you know, make sure I didn't leave anything in in the pockets. I reach in the pocket and there's like five or six pieces of popcorn (laughs) in my pocket. I had no idea it was there. So I have, I have now, I don't know, five or six pieces of popcorn <laughs> from the set. And I, I assume that those were thrown at me. They bounced off me and landed in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but uh, as we're leaving, I found this piece of paper on the ground and it was really kind of gross. There's like tire marks. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> um, it was a menu from lunch that day. And right. it, it does say weird on the top. It says menu... Mm-hmm. Uh, two twelve twenty two. So I think the date's wrong. Um, it says marker circle. So maybe this was something maybe given to, uh, people maybe who are going to be in their trailer and not going to the lunch area. But oh, it was clearly going to be garbage because it was on the ground. It's like it's really <laughs> dirty. I don't know why. Uh, I'm touching it right now. I should be wearing gloves or something. <laughs> but yes, I do have <laughs> the catering menu. <laughs> A very gross catering menu. <laughs> <laughs> so that is another souvenir from the set. Yeah, and the other souvenirs that, I mean, I guess this may go without saying, but, you know, while we did borrow some costuming from, you know, and some jewelry from the actual set themselves, which we had to return, there was a lot of stuff that we wore, you know, while we were filming that was our own. That's you know? true. Like, yeah, so I mean, you know, I know the the belt I was wearing, the pants I was wearing, the you know, my boots I was wearing, as well as uh, the little chain that I had hanging off of my um, my belt buck my belt uh all that stuff is now technically screen worn movie memorabilia <laughs> from a weird owl movie so i know i have to hold on to that yes i um so the the black t-shirt i was wearing was just like a you know a multi-pack t-shirt just like a you know a, a very cheap shirt but i have purposely put it separate so i can preserve because <laughs> I, I probably have a hundred of these you know identical shirts uh, you know so i right. have that separate um i was wearing my actual glasses that i wear and i i know i've revealed this on the podcast before but on the inner arm i actually have it etched to say weird al so i was wearing my weird al glasses in the weird al movie um very cool <laughs> my jeans my belt my boots of course they all yeah um are also screen worn and not to mention the I love Lucy pin, the wonderful gift from Kenneth. Um, very cool. That pin, yep. is very cool that, you know, it wasn't the one Al wore in I love Rocky road, but it is the one I right. wore in I love Rocky road. So that, that is really cool um, to <laughs> have that, cool. you know, as part of my collection now. Now, another interesting thing that, you know, <laughs> I feel like we should, we should talk about this because, while we were, we've mentioned this before, but while we were, you know, they were sending us all the information before we got on the shoot, every single email that they sent us 
was asking us a very specific question. They were saying, please let us know if you are allergic to peanuts because there will be peanuts on the floor. Now, interestingly enough, you've you've listened to these past couple episodes that we've done. You've not heard, heard us once talk about <laughs> peanuts. <laughs> and that is because I can tell you, Dave, I never saw a single peanut the entire time I was there. <laughs> I did not either. I kept waiting for the peanuts. I'm like, at some point, there's going to be peanuts. Like when they were throwing popcorn, I'm like, oh, I bet they're going to throw peanuts now. Nope, no the peanuts. The number of times they mentioned the peanuts, I expected that we would be swimming in peanuts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not once did did I see a peanut on set. So I don't know if, if maybe somebody was allergic to peanuts and they just decided to scrap the whole thing or they were being extra cautious. Who knows? But not once did I see a peanut in this movie. So who knows? The final <laughs> film, maybe maybe there is an entire scene full of peanuts. Maybe there's just peanuts. <laughs> yeah, maybe they digitally CGI'd some peanuts in there <laughs> for authenticity. Not one, not one peanut on the bar. Not one peanut on the floor. Not one peanut <laughs> flying through the air. Not even peanuts at Crafty or peanuts during you know catering or anything like that. I did not see one peanut all day. <laughs> And so, Dave, that was our, you know, that was our day. I mean, we we were exhausted because we were there all day. I don't know when we officially left. Was it like eight o'clock at night almost? Yeah, it was eight o'clock at night. I mean, for sure. It was it was around eight o'clock at night because I remember, you know, uh, I think it was Jojo who was filling out the final, you know, time stamps for us, you know, and basically she's like, yep, you guys were in at nine and out at eight. And I know that, uh that means a lot more for, you know, the extras, you know, the, the SAG and, you know, the other union extras that were there because, you know, at one point during the day, I remember, you know, somebody looked at their watch. and was like, Hey, it's six Oh one. That means we're officially on overtime right now. <laughs> you know, so it was very important, you know, for them to kind of clock in and clock out. So I remember specifically uh, her filling out, you know, the times on our timesheet uh, and also, her asking us, you know, if we had an hour lunch or half hour lunch as well. So, which we we didn't really know, but we remember she told us it was half hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was half hour, right? And it was uh, I don't even know if it was a half hour. I, it might have been. I less, don't think but... it was a full half hour. No, but um, <laughs> but it was great. Yeah, like I said, there wasn't really much for me to eat at lunch, and you know, I wasn't. I didn't have a super appetite. But we um, on our way back to the Airbnb. Uh, we stopped at this restaurant called Fat Burger, which is a, like a chain on the West Coast. And uh, I got a, a nice veggie burger and um, it was great. It was a great end to the day. Yeah, I remember uh, I, I just got like a, a cheeseburger or something there. But I remember uh, you were trying to egg me on to do some sort of like challenge <laughs> yeah. at Fat Burger. They had up on the wall, like if you ever saw the show Man versus Food, you know, you see, you know, Adam Richmond, you know, kind of go in there and he's or whoever the new guy is right now, you know, they go in there and they try to, you know, defeat this challenge. Well, there was a challenge up. If you ate this XL burger or triple the, XL yeah, the burger. Triple, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And like you got, you know, your name up on the wall, your picture up on the wall. And I wasn't hungry enough to even attempt to do something like that. But I know Ethan was trying to get me to, to do it. Well, they gave you a full hour to do it. And there was like, you know, five-year-old kids up on the wall. So it's like, I think, Dave, I think you could have done it if you really wanted to. Um, maybe next time we go back to Los Angeles, we can uh, have you do the fat burger challenge <laughs> okay. and get your picture on the wall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we we went back and then we 
you know, we're leaving to go home the next day. So it was just like it ended so quickly and it it was uh, just a wonderful day, really through and through. Yeah, I mean, incredible day. I mean, I, I don't even know where to, you know, to begin to thank, you know, people like, you know, Weird Al, thank people like Eric, you know, thank people like like Daniel and Jonah and everyone else, you know, all the the people working on this film, every single person, every single person, you know, from, you know, you know, catering through, you know, you know, the director, you know, was incredibly, incredibly nice, made me really feel important. I mean, I've said it before, here I am, an easily replaceable extra (laughs) in some movie, and everybody goes out of the way, you know, to to make me feel like a true star. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was just such a great experience. And yeah, it really, like I said, I think in another episode, like going back to my normal life felt so (laughs) weird. It's just like, all right, well, I was in Weird House movie. I just had the greatest day of my life. And now I'm, uh, you know, waiting in the checkout line. You know, it's it's so weird. You know, people talk about. Um, how magical like a movie set is and especially being on the Weird Al movie set it was just magical yeah. for us it's an incredible experience definitely you know definitely a highlight top of the list of things I've done you know as far as anything you know I'm extremely extremely grateful that that I got to share this experience with you Ethan and extremely thankful to everyone who made it happen in any kind of capacity. And, you know, when we started the podcast about three years ago, I don't think either of us would have ever, A, thought there was going to be another Weird Al movie this soon, um, and B, that we would get to be in it. So, you know, the fact that that Eric and, and Jonah and Al, or however that happened where they were like, let's bring these goofballs in the movie, uh, I just it's incredible. And, and yeah, I, I don't think there's anyone else who I would have rather shared that day with than you, Dave, because it was just, it was incredible. And, and it, we were able to appreciate it on the same level. You know, I, I don't think anyone else um, outside of a handful of others could have stood there and, and appreciated it as much as I did. So it was just incredible. I think there's really just one word to kind of sum up how this entire experience was. And I think you know what that is, Ethan. (laughs) Pretty Pretty stinking majestic. majestic. (laughs) Yes, it was pretty stinking majestic through and through. And I just can't wait to see the movie. I can't wait to see how it turns out. You know, I can't wait to see if you actually can see our faces like Eric said. I can't wait to see if we can see the pin. I can't wait to see if, you know, the the wrench falling in my beer. And I, I just I, I can't wait for the movie, for scene 27, for for everything about it. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, for the very little bit that we got to see and experience, it sounds like it's going to be a great movie. I'm really looking forward to watching how this whole thing plays out. Well, that's it for our part of the story in our Weird the Al Yankovic Story story series. Stay tuned for more chapters on future episodes where we talk to another background actor who has multiple cameos in the film. As you're listening to this series, if you have any questions for us, please leave us a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, and we'll do our best to answer them on a future episode. Oh, wow. I wonder if that's a question about our time on the set of Weird the Al Yankovic story right now. All right, intern Frank, let's hear it. Hey, guys. Ah, it's your boy, 
Sebastian Shepard, David Grant, Sheepdog, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you said to call if you have any questions uh, about your series that you're doing now about the filming Weird Al Yankovic story. And, and I'm just going to – I'm going to step up for the team, and I'm going to ask the question that most of your audience is probably too afraid to ask. But, you know, it's just going around through all of our brains right now. And, and so, here, I'm going to take one for the team and ask how does Daniel Radcliffe smell? Okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Oh, come on. That's way too easy. He smells like Nirvana. Next. Well, thanks for the call, David Grant, a.k.a. Frank, you know what to do. I mean, hopefully you do. After all this time, you really should know it's time to play the next message. All right, don't give him that much credit, Ethan. Frank, play... The next message. Hey, Dave. Hey, Ethan. Kenneth. I've been working on a, a new song here. Thought I'd sing it for you. It's in the work, so it's not totally done yet. So I hope you like it. There's a podcast now. Da-da. Da, 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 da. It's all about Weird Al. Da, 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 da. Dave has style. Da, 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 da. Ethan drives me wild. You know what I mean. Frank makes a mess. Da, 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 da. Patreon is the best. Da, 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 da. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah, Patreon. Kenneth Gwinnup, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my life. Thank you so much for that call, Kenneth. You know, I think we've got some competition if we ever decide to replace our official podcast theme song written by the Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West. I think we've got a potential winner. Da-da-da-da-da-da! This episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota beautiful, it's also making wine prettier one bottle at a time. Have you ever wanted to paint a wine bottle? Not really. Never crossed my mind, actually. Well, on Thursday, May 18th, Jomas Hill Winery in Darwin, Minnesota will be hosting a wine bottle painting event. That sounds terrible. Well, the cost of the evening is... $45 each, and it includes two bottles and materials to paint Starry Night and Brushed Metal on wine bottles. Well, $45 each, but at least you get to drink two whole bottles of wine. Well, I assume the bottles are empty, but the price of $45 also includes your first beverage at the bar. That's up to a $6 value. $6 for a Coke Zero? Whatever. Well, wine painting starts at 6 p.m. and spots are limited, so register soon. Oh, I sure will be registering, Dave. Well, attendees are encouraged to arrive early to try one of their pizzas, including the highly recommended Tipsy Fungi. Oh! And also, also, Ethan, this is very important because it is in all caps. No free class cards. 
We're not sure what that means, but we do know that there will be no refunds or changing of dates due to the materials being ordered. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next wine bottle painting expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to attempt to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast is brought to you absolutely free thanks to our incredible sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Jackson Scoggins, and Discover Darwin. Our podcast is also supported by everyone else in our Patreon family, with special thanks to our amazing close personal friend-level Patreon supporters, including Gus and Alicia, Allison, Adriana, Ajax, Jake, Zeb, Zach, Dana B., Blair, Kev, Javier, Ron, Scott, UH Jeff, Nancy, Mike, Matthew, Kenneth, and also thanks to Jeremy and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our fantastically freaky and family-friendly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch, just like that fine song that Kenneth Gwyneth wrote says. There are awesome benefits like getting your name on the podcast, your own private RSS feed, which gives you early access to each and every bonus episode, and the self-satisfaction of doing something important with your otherwise pitiful, meaningless existence! And now would be a good time to join if you haven't already, because you will be the very first to hear each and every one of our remaining brand new, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episodes the instant they drop. And do not forget to check out our official merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. All proceeds from purchases go directly towards supporting our fine podcast. And while you are there, be sure to pick up your very own Dave and Ethan's premium tank top. Now that the weather is getting nice... Bear your gorgeous arms and shoulders and show everyone who your favorite podcast hosts are at the same time. It is available in seven different colors, so you can wear a different one for every day of the week. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so be sure to join our Facebook community at group.2000h.com and visit our Discord server for even more riveting Weird Al and Red Rum to Goody related conversations. You can find both of them linked on our website, as well as information about past episodes and guests over at Weird Al Podcast. Dot com or 2000inch.com. And while you are there, click on Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Bonus Episodes and follow along with our adventures on tour and click on Black and White and Weird All Over Bonus Episodes and follow along with our special series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his first book page by page and picture by picture. Keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Not only does subscribing help the podcast, it helps you cheat at the brand new Weird Al pinball machine. Plus, we also love it when we receive voicemail via official patent-pending 27-hour-day podcast hotline 347 spatula, as seen in the Illustrated Al. That number is 347-772-8852. Give it a call and you might even hear your message in a future episode. Well, thank you once again to us for having the foresight of recording those episodes way back in February 2022. And thank you once again to David Grant, Kenneth Gwinnup, Matt Horn, UH Jeff Nucera, Aaron Henry, and Scott Sorensen. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our loyal listeners, subscribers, Patreon 
supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until next time, remember, remember, to, to, go, go, and, and, chill. All right, Ethan, how many times have you seen Weird the Al Yankovic story in a theater setting? I can think of at least five times, but I don't know. I'm having trouble keeping track. That is so cool. And how many times have you watched Weird Al Yankovic story on the Roku channel? Exactly 1,832 times. And how many times have you watched it on DVD, Blu-ray, or 4K Ultra High Definition? Um, zero times so far, but I'm hoping to remedy that real soon. Okay, okay. But have you ever watched it on an airplane? I didn't even think that was an option, so no. Well, guess what? It is. United Airlines now offers Weird the Al Yankovic story as part of their in-flight entertainment. Well, I guess I'm going to start flying to all kinds of places that I never really wanted to go. Because I'll do anything just to spend a little time with the greatest biopic that I know. Well, be sure to say hi to Amy. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, episode 192-inch. 16 feet down, 150 and a third to go. And we also didn't want to split up because Dave and Ethan, are, right. you know, we're, we're a duo. We have to be together, sure.